Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to well, I'm glad your mom wasn't uh, here. You said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, really should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bag and Boardcast. It's episode number 161. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out February 27th. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're discussing Stacks of Shame, the comic books that we've wanted to read and just really haven't gotten around to doing it yet for one reason or another. Maybe we'll come to a realization today as to why we haven't. Yeah, maybe we'll talk each other out of it, and uh, hopefully, maybe this will become a two-part episode, and in a couple months we'll check back in and see if we read our stacks, the uh, books that we put on our stacks <laughs> of shame. Uh, I'm taking this as a challenge. And you know what else I take as a challenge? Drinking anything from heavy seas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, early on in the podcast, uh, Scott, producer Scott, uh, got beer one week, and he bought a... Variety, a variety pack. pack, exactly, of the Heavy Seas uh, ales. And the only thing that you guys liked in it was the barley wine. Oh, like and, barley wines? Like barley wine. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, it, since we it should is, do a barley wine month. <laughs> you had X Force cards up on your shelf now. Not X Force cards. Took, I took my glasses off. I can't see. X Factor cards. X Factor, I'm sorry. Come on. That's like, Polaris is strong guy. Polaris is strong guy. All of a sudden, I was like, "Are those tiny little books? What are those?" No, oh. I had I had those cards too. Well, you you're the one that gave them to me. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you burned the rest of them. That's true. I did. <laughs> Except you gave those to me, and then I brought them into the office, and I just recently uh, switched uh, jobs uh, because I was going to get laid so off. So wait, you had, you had those like up in your cubicle, yeah. like. <laughs> just, like, people have pictures of their kids or, like, pets, and Paul had Polaris and Strong Guy. Yep. And every day he looked at him, he also I'm doing this for you, guys. <laughs> I also had Quicksilver, but a little kid came into the office, and I'm like, hey, you want one of these? And he took the Quicksilver card. Well, no, he went, to, he went to take one of the other ones, and Paul just wouldn't let go of it, and the kid's, like, tugging at it. Yeah, that story went really different from how I thought it was going to. <laughs> So uh, since I switched positions, I brought a lot of stuff home uh, that I had on the, and uh, I organized my office again where is we do also, the podcast. Is it also why you got the picture? Yeah, that we oh, that Paul. Yeah, yeah, from uh, I, my friend Christopher Roy. I put my glasses back on. Age twenty nine. <laughs> uh, from our, you can find that, that was up in your office too. Yes, uh, you can find <laughs> You're that picture. Walking with vomit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> People at the office know who I am. They know I vomit a lot. So when people would see that, would they be like, oh, you have like a nephew or like a little cousin that drew that? you're like, no, it's my 30-year-old best friend. At the time, he was 29. Yeah. I need to look at that picture again. We do have... It is that, on the Facebook page. It is on page. our Facebook page, just uh, bagging the board. If you want to see the picture that we are talking about. Yeah, we, we do have scans of them. Uh, so, there's, so anyways, yeah, I brought this stuff home and put it around my office. And now uh, this is the first time these guys have been in the office since... I uh, kind of did some 
minor. You, you cleaned up a little bit. There's no yeah. more. Well, there are still That's stacks it. of comic books, but they're they're a little bit better now. They're a little ma- more manageable. But anyways, um, it's a really good picture. Back, yeah, that's yeah, why I hung it, it up. It's a good, it's a good picture. It was the best one. That's I, what viewer submission. Photo. I'm really, really proud of this picture I drew. That's right, guys, uh, listeners. If you send in stuff, I do cherish it. And we'll hang it up in my office cubicle. I think that little kid wanted to take this picture, but then Paul is like, no, take Quicksilver instead. You guys are acting like people that I work with don't realize I vomit. They've been there while I vomited at the office. It's like, it just happens. Some, uh, I was got just whatever. I gave blood one day at the office, right? And uh, I came back, and they're like, oh, you can eat whatever you want now. And uh, people order Chinese, and just so, just luckily, they had one extra egg roll. I'm like, oh, man, I'm kind of feeling a little lightheaded. It's probably because I gave blood and I haven't really eaten. I'm going to down this egg roll. Really big mistake. Uh, because, like, an hour later, that egg roll is coming back up, and I was so dizzy and lightheaded, I couldn't stand up to get to the bathroom, so I just grabbed a bag and just... Puked right there in my cubicle. And uh, people thought I was coughing and asking me if I was all right. And I'm like, I'm fine. And then they see me carrying a bag. And they're like, what's in the bag? And I'm like, the egg roll? What, you didn't eat it? I'm like, no, I did. And that's when they were like, oh, that's gross. Well, well, the good thing is Paul was only sick for eh, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. And I went right back to work. Uh, so yeah, people understand that drawing at work. Uh, so, but do we understand why people like Would heavy like, seas? No, we don't understand why no. people like. Um, this isn't this, bad. It's mm-hmm. not bad, but it doesn't really have it's, any of those characteristical notes that you are looking for. It's like a really light IPA. It has a little bit of that smokiness. It's got, I, I see. I don't yeah, get any of the IPA. I just get a little bit of a smokiness to yeah. it. I get that bite, but I'm congested, as you listeners can hear. Um, so it might be messing with my palate a little bit. So that's all I get is that little bit of a bite. Yeah, it's not great. It's not terrible. I drink it again just because it's not the worst beer I've had from them. Yeah. I mean, I I would give it probably like a five and a half. It's not it's nothing that it's not undrinkable. But if I was going to get a black IPA, there's tons of other beers I would get instead. This it's okay. It doesn't in fact every other beer we've had you would get instead of this. I would, it, and that's why I gave it the, the like a five point six. It doesn't dry my mouth out like that one that we had. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, I believe that was the Emily's yes. Black IPA. That, yeah, that was the one like two weeks ago. Now I think it was. Where as soon as I finished it, I had to go drink two glasses of water. Like this, it's very drinkable. Uh, I'd probably give this one like a six and a half. That is above both the Otter Creek IPA, Black IPA, and also the uh, Emily's Black IPA for you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with side with John and say this is a is a solid five, just a five. Just five, not just a no, five. No five point five because I called myself out last time Paul, for giving Paul's, a bunch of five points. Paul's going against the point fives now. Oh no, I just overdid it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's. I'm going to let you guys good. catch up to all my point fiving. It's good. I like it. Not great. It's but not bad, but it's not something that you're looking for. I think you could do worse. Yeah. For heavy seas, you could do worse for black IPAs. This is a. Decent middle of the road beer. It's like seven point two percent alcohol too. Wow, 
Well, that's what makes heavy seas. Heavy seas, yes. It's 7.25 alcohol by volume. <clears throat> and uh, what's also heavy is uh, the news that came out this week with a new PlayStation 4. Yeah. Yeah. Teased it for a, probably about a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the announcement February 20th. Uh, PlayStation 4 coming out this holiday season. Yeah, before the holiday season starts, they say they want the first ones on the shelf. As my voice gives out. It's okay. It's all uh, right. So, yeah, uh, the uh, kind of confirmed rumored controller, the new 6x6 controller, will have a touch screen. Uh, people are uh, online, uh, opposable thumbs on Ars Technica, uh, is guessing that it'll be around a 2-inch by 1-inch touch screen, and uh, right in the center there. And um, it'll have an 8-core graphics, or processor um but you know they yeah. had no real machine but jimmy yeah. fallon played it already so there yeah. you go I, sony did a good job of announcing something without really announcing anything because they didn't give a lot of information about stuff yeah they said they gave like the technical specs for <laughs> it which yeah the games and everything they showed off for it to look really good but uh there's really not a lot to go on right now uh i'm kind of excited that they are coming out with diablo 3 on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Yep. Um, it depending on what Microsoft does. Uh, IGN was rumoring that we'll see an announcement for their new system soon. Yeah. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, they're going to uh, they're slating uh, April. Uh, they're going to have an announcement because they don't want to wait till July for E3. Yeah. But that was already kind of rumored that they were doing their own kind of. We're just going to be announcing our new system event. D- depending yeah. on how things go, if the new Xbox isn't backwards compatible, if I'm not going to be able to play my Xbox 360 games, I might I might be willing to make the jump to a Sony. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it's going to depend on the exclusives and stuff too. I mean, I'm not going to be buying a launch system for either one of these probably. Will Last Guardian actually come out for PlayStation Four? Dude, who knows? They're still working on. It. Like they haven't announced anything. The game's been dude. They showed it off years. and like said that they were definitely coming out with it. Like what two, three, threes ago? Yeah, I know it was when we were doing this podcast because I think it was uh, one of the things I was most looking forward to coming out of that one E three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that might be a PlayStation Four title. It's crazy, but the PlayStation Three will keep on going because the PlayStation Two wanted what. Four years yeah, into they, the they, PlayStation yeah. 3 life cycle, so. I don't know. It's A lot of it's going to hinge on price, too, mm-hmm. for the system. They did announce that. They didn't actually show off what the system looked like because they haven't decided yet. They're still kicking stuff around. I don't know. It's, it's cool. This is going to be the first new console generation that I'm really paying attention to. Huh. Like, when the PS3 and the Xbox 360 came out, I really didn't have too much stock in it. I had a PlayStation 2 that I used every now and then. Mm-hmm. I definitely play more games now, so I kind of got my thumb on that pulse a little bit more. Now. And plus, whenever those systems come out, there's so much money. Like, I don't, you don't even look at it like anything plausible because it's like, I don't have $500 to sink into a system right but now. that's the thing. If Sony wants to be competitive, they might... Drop, drop that down price. that price. I mean, there's really no crazy new technology. Yeah, during this press announcement, you didn't hear anybody at Sony say people will get a second job for this video game system, like they did for the PlayStation 3 announcement. Yeah. It's... People will take a second job just to be able to get this system. I mean, it's nothing crazy new 
technology wise. Mm-hmm. The uh, processor on it's kind of comparable to the one that they use for the Xbox 360. Um, it's going to be easier for companies to develop games for it because that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. complaints that third parties have is it's so hard to develop games for the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of the stuff supported mm-hmm. and the games that do look the best on the Sony systems are the ones that Sony puts out or the developers that work exclusively with Sony, like mm-hmm. your Uncharted, Infamous, like the God of War, yeah. like those kind of things. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, those are fun games, Sly too. Cooper. Has there been a new Sly Cooper game for the PlayStation 3? Yep, uh, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time just came out maybe like two, three weeks ago. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's still, that's, that's a franchise that I think I would really Very topical, enjoy. Paul. Yeah. yeah. It's still that same kind of mm-hmm. cel-shaded mm-hmm. look, it just smoother animations fun. now. I would go on my stack of shame for video games. <laughs> Seems like a series that I would really enjoy playing. Well, talking about series that we enjoy, we have more Star Wars rumors. Oh, what? Yeah, more. we've got a couple years of Star Wars rumors ahead of us. I know. So might as well talk about everything. Um, Get those guided boner missiles primed, guys. <laughs> uh, rumor is now that they are looking into doing a Knights of the Old Republic movie as well. Yeah. Which I think would be kind of cool. I think it'd be. I'd I think like it would it. be really, really cool, and I love that they are really doing something with this franchise because mm-hmm. it spent years just everybody loving Star Wars and just re-releasing the same movies, creating that buzz mm-hmm. just with new visuals in them instead of making more things with this giant property. So I love, like, the origin stories, the next three installments, the next three chapters, Mm -hmm. and then this news about the Old Republic. All the Star Wars stuff is kind of making me want to read all the novels that came out after I stopped reading the Expanded Universe Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I know it won't have anything to do with what's going to be happening. But just to delve you into that whole... But just, it's gotten me excited to be a Star Wars fan again. Besides also the uh, Brian Wood Star Wars book, which is... Yeah, really good. good. Yeah. I, well, t- we've gotten two issues, and they've been good. <laughs> but I, I just pointed out, first issue's on its third printing. Nice. Yeah. I just ordered a variant cover for the first issue because I had some points for my uh, GameStop Power-Up Rewards card. Hmm. They had an exclusive cover as one of the like re- rewards or prizes you could get. So I was like, I wouldn't mind having that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, really. It looked cool. I, yeah, you put yeah. it up on... Uh, you can see that on the Megan Board Facebook, Facebook actually. Because yeah. I figured it's stop. We talked about the book. I think it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. We'll see if it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan in like three years when the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Disney spent a ton of money on this. They have this giant property, and they want to keep it going. They want this to be big money makers for them. So they're not going to put out a shitty product. I I think it's great that they shelved the 3D versions of the original and the prequel trilogies. Like, pull those out, focus on creating something new. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we did get already that first episode 1 in 3D already. And my hopes of seeing episode 4 in 3D. Come on, the tunnel run? It'd be cool. Would have been cool in 3D. Like... If they just released them in the order that they were originally released, I would have had my episode four already, and it would have been fine. Yeah, and it, more people first. would have gone to see them too. Yeah, that's probably true. I I probably would have. I considered going to the 
other ones, but really didn't have a strong need to. Yeah, if I were going to go see any of them it, from the new ones, it would have been the third one, because that's the one I like the most, and it's the one I've only seen, like, once. Yeah. Uh, it does get pretty choppy at the end, though. Yeah. What? Choppy. Oh, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> Limbs. Uh, something else that came out, which is kind of cool, is your first real shot uh, of um, our villain for Iron Man 3. Um, ben Kingsley playing... Uh, a bad guy? A bad guy? What? His name is Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Only time he played a hero, right? No, he's played he's played gooder gooder parts. But you see him playing um, the Mandarin. The Mandarin, thank you. Orange. I was thinking Ming the Merciless for some reason. Uh, but Lush Gordon. But you see him wearing the kind of the 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 big robe. He's wearing like aviator sunglasses, and he's got like uh, camouflage pants on that have a dragon in it. That have a dragon on him, um, and he's got the ten rings on his hands, and kind of making me a little more excited. And it it seems like it's tying into the Ten Rings that, you know, we saw in the first movie. And who else could you get to, pl- you know, to play this character? Ben Kingsley is going to be a great bad guy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the movie. I, I, I've enjoyed all the other Iron Man flicks. I can't get really excited for it. Probably will when I start seeing more stuff, like yeah. as it gets closer and closer. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the uh, Iron Patriot stuff. That'll be kind of fun. It's it's cool. I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say because no. Yeah, I mean that's at this, this is, point it's it's another Iron Man movie. I don't want to sound jaded, but they've they've delivered. Oh, yeah. Can I sound jaded for a little bit? Oh well, only for a little bit. Okay, because that'll be a change of pace. <laughs> Mark, yeah. Mark Millar is the ex- creative consultant uh, for Marvel Studios to Fox Studios, apparently. Yes, and uh, Matthew Vaughn is. Uh, Rumored to be leading the new producing, producing, uh, joining, yeah, yeah, as producer for the Fantastic Form film. You excited about that, Paul? No, because you loved Wanted. I, yeah. I, I mean, and there's be, there's bending bullets. I mean, Mister Fantastic bends. It's it's basically a match made in heaven. <laughs> it, it totally works. You know, it's, and you loved Kick Ass. Yeah, I, yeah, it was know. like your favorite movie that year. I think you put it up when we did our look back. I'm pretty sure you guys loved it a heck of a lot more than I did. And who can't forget I, I think how Paul awesome. touted the realism as his favorite. <laughs> X-Men, Days of Future, uh, uh, X-Men First Class by Matthew Vaughn. You know what's funny is when I saw this article um, go up, they're like, oh, yeah, the director who brought you all these comic book movies is coming on to produce. He's someone who knows comic books. And granted, yes, he's been involved in these kind of franchise things or you know these comic book movies but you don't think of him as someone who's a comic book director really yeah, i think you can though but he's not like aside from aside from the x-men which he it wasn't a true history of our of x-men hmm. you know you have wanted and uh um kickass kickass and those are Miller properties. Mark Millar did write 
Ultimate Fantastic Four, though, when that book yeah. came out. And he also had a Fantastic Four run yeah. that I did not read. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems more it's it's bringing in somebody who's worked with him who might be someone who's going to help Mark Millar get a movie made. You know, Mark Millar is a writer who's written movies that are written books that have become movies, and now he's in charge of making movies, and he needs somebody who can make a movie help him. Well, they're saying it's going to be directed by the person that did Chronicles. I don't know what that... Chronicle, that's the one you just watched. Yeah, Chronicles is actually pretty good. Josh uh, Trank, and uh, a screenplay by Jeremy Slater. I don't know who Jeremy Slater is. It's Christian Slater's little brother. Uh, that's probably a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there, Though it just hit his Wikipedia because he said it, John. I don't remember what the exact quote was, too, but uh, Brian Singer came out and said something about Days of Future Past where it's going to be, I don't want to say like trying to fix the stuff that went wrong with First Class, but kind of redirecting to make things a little bit better. Yeah. It sounded like I don't remember what the actual quote was because I read it a couple days ago. Uh, also said, uh, I know that he put out, um, he's, he's been putting out a lot of cool stuff. Like, um, the other day he tweeted pictures of, uh, Patrick Stewart's wheelchair and then, um, one of the other guy's wheelchair. Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus, yeah, thank you. You're um, welcome. The, you know, the hallway going to, um, Cerebral being built, uh, and he just released that, Hey, you might see Cyclops and Phoenix back for Future Past. Good. So I think I think he's he's coming in to fix all of the everything that's happened. Yeah, having an in, off, in, off in his wake. In, yeah, since he's not been there. Yeah, having an off-screen death for Cyclops was a little little cheap for the character. I think. Yeah. Also, having it that it's not. Scott, who talks her down from mm-hmm. being the Dark Phoenix, but Wolverine, you know? Yeah. 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 But, uh, enough of us griping. Let's get back to drinking, huh? Rhyme. <laughs> I don't care if it doesn't rhyme. We're, I hit record. That's all that matters. That's terrible. Because we got another beer to drink and Paul did an introduction off microphone that just did not work. Way to go, Paul. You're welcome, everybody. I can hit the record button. It doesn't mean I need to rhyme every time I hit the record button. But our next beer is also another black IPA. This one's from Harpoon. Yes, and this is uh, their black IPA. I could only find it in their variety pack of IPAs, um, which have been very hit and miss. Um, they say it's a detour into darkness on the back of this label here. Uh, I'm not getting much of that. I'm getting a lot of pine cone. I'm getting IPA. what Paul likes to call earwax. Yeah, I haven't tried this yet. I've just given it a sniff because it smells like a good IPA. It's got that piney, hoppy, that, yeah, just some niceness. Got that waxy bitterness that is uh, not great. Um, everyone's waiting for me. Yep. I'm gonna make you guys wait a little bit longer. I'm gonna take another sippy sip. But again, everything today don't don't trust my palate. Only trust your own. Uh, I, we split one bottle between all of us, so we all have the same bottle. Um, yeah, it's that back of the tongue. Yeah, kind of bite. Not great. Not good. I I would drink uh, 
black cannon or yeah black yeah. cannon I'd take black the, ipa over this i would take the heavy seas over this um and I, when when we decided what order to go in i said do black cannon because they're more miss i don't remember having anything that really i really really liked from them except maybe their barley wine that paul says yeah was uh our choice um but harpoon is a brewery that i'm always like oh harpoon yeah we liked their uh christmas their christmas um they're in that same realm as a magic hat for me where i find their beers mostly drinkable but nothing is going to really wow me and that's what the Christmas beer was. It was kind of a revelation. It was like, wow, maybe they can do some out of the park stuff. But most of it's kind of middle of the road for me. Um, their, their Celtic Ale is good. You know, they, they have, they have some good, some good beers. But yeah, they're, they're kind of in the same kind of realm. What they do, they do well. When they experiment, sometimes they don't do as good. I'm, I'm okay with saying, you know what? I don't need to drink anything from Harpoon really. Yeah. It's, I'd prefer a magic hat over a harpoon. I don't know. I think their beers are a little bit more consistent. If that makes sense. No, it does. even the, even the beers from magic hat that I'm not crazy about, like that one with the beet sugar, I forget oh, what yeah. it was called. That was, uh, that was their summer one. It was a uh, odd notion. It was an odd notion. And it was, uh, even, yeah, even I that I, I try, like, I would rather have that because they were trying something different. It wasn't bad, but I don't know. I try that every summer, it seems, because they had the pistol last year, which was with dandelion. Uh, the pistol's back this year, too. Oh, really? Yeah, that, they have it on the shelf already. It's that, their spring. Is that their new spring ale? Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I would only give this a, uh, a, a four because it's just so hoppy right now, and it's not a good hop. It's not a black IPA. It's and, it's missing all of this. And I'm the guy that loves hops, and I don't want to drink this. Like, yeah, I think a, a four. Yeah, I would give it a four. Four. It's the first time we've agreed on a number. It's right. this is. I just don't need to drink any more of this ever. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to finish. We I have even like I have the, a, not even a quarter of a glass. We split one bottle. What did I give the Emilice? Like a five. He gave it a six. Did I really give it a six? Yeah. Ugh, should not have gone that high. See, I liked the mouthfeel so much better on that Emily's. It had full, you know, mouthfeel up front, a lot of smoky, a lot of richness, and then the hops in the back. And this, this is just one note hop bitter. See, I, I like that hop smell. Like when I first took a whiff of this, I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty good. And then it's just it's on the almost, back of my mouth. It's, it's like falling short of Lake Erie Monster of having that full, like wow, this is hitting you with a lot of hops and bitterness, uh, but it just falls so short of that, just a little short of that too, where it's it's just displeasing, you know. Yeah. But oh well, I, w- I don't look forward to this beer ever again. No, Paul nope. still got three of them or two of them. Two or no, no, because I left the yeah, yeah two more because this came in the variety pack. The heavy oh. seas I have three more of. Yeah, I feel like I should have just drank the rest of that heavy seas. Yeah, I, right. I would have. All but right. uh, we can look forward to things. We don't need to just be depressed by it. it's a beer we're drinking. We can look forward to comic books coming out this week. What, right, John? We can? I would hope so. We're a comic book <laughs> podcast after all. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward to a book coming out from um, Image Comics. 
It's five weapons number one. It's uh, one out of five. Uh, one out of five miniseries, uh, written by Jimmy Robinson. Um, this takes place at a school for the children of the world's greatest assassins. And to graduate this school, you have to use whatever skill you're the best at uh, weapon-wise to get through your teachers to graduate. Uh, and this follows a 13-year-old kid named Tyler who doesn't have any weapons training, isn't proficient at any martial arts, but is one of the smartest people in the world and how he's going to get through these different stages just using his mental skills. Mm. Uh, sounded kind of fun, something a little different. I like to give these guys, you know, ind- indie books a try. Cool. Chris? Um, I'm kind of on the fence for my pick, so Paul, I'll let you go first. Oh, I was kind of on the fence with my pick, too. Well, but uh, with the news coming out that, uh, that uh, uh, what's his name, the new Robin... Damian Wayne might be dying in the pages of Batman Incorporated. I'm going to be picking up Batman Incorporated number nine or number eight uh, with renewed figure for the series because honestly, it's kind of been middling for me uh, with faking his test, you know, Damian's test, and looking for who was behind the assassination attempt and realizing, you know, it's all a, a, a ghoul plot uh, that's happening with Leviathan. It's it's been less than of everything else that has been happening with Batman for the past two years now. Uh, so, you know, I picked this book out of, up at, out of habit. Uh, but now I, I might be uh, going back and rereading to see if there's more hints or something. That's something happening. that you've yeah. missed. Yeah. Just by glancing through sometimes that I do. You know, when you pick up a book and it's... And you're like, not enjoying it, you just kind of thumb yeah, through it or... Yeah. Half-ass read it. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I've... I've done that with books before. But no, but then you hear news about something big happening and you're like, what? Well, maybe I should give that another glance over. No. Maybe this is really good and I just didn't appreciate it. Uh, or maybe you're right. Yeah. You never, you never know though. Like, <laughs> this could be a really good issue. We'll see. Well, next issue is the one where it's supposedly the Robin RIP. Hmm. Nine or? Nine will be, this is eight that's coming out this week. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I still kind of on the fence, but I think my pick's actually going to be Young Avengers number two. I was considering Guardians of the Galaxy zero point one, but you can't you but can't support a point one. But here's the thing: it's Brian Michael Bendis and Steve McNiven with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming out. I'm a little bit more intrigued about with Chris this book. Platt playing the main yeah yeah Star Lord. No, it could it could be cool. Yeah. Is it Star Lord? It could be cool. I thought Star Lord was a, a Galactus Herald. No. Oh, you think about Fire Lord? Fire Lord, what was I? No, not Fire Lord. What was I? He's no. from Last Airbender. It is a it is a last. He was replaced by uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah, yeah. Um, all comes around. All comes around. Back to Star Wars. But yeah, really uh, excited about Star Wars. Going, <laughs> I'm gonna go Young Avengers number two. I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, Written by Kieran Gillian, art by Jamie McKelvey and Mike Norton. I I Norton. love. You got Norton there? You got Mike Norton? Uh, yeah. Okay. Just one. I don't know that. There's a reference to or something. It was a reference to uh, Jurassic Park when uh, he's in when uh, what's the guy from Seinfeld? 
is there with the spray can, and he's like, look, look, nobody cares. He says, we got Norton here. We got Norton. He doesn't say Norton, though. Who does he say? Dotson. Oh, da- Dotson. We got Dotson over here. Nobody cares. <laughs> See, another another like, artist. Nor- Norton? Doesn't he say Norton? It is, no, too, he when he puts, he puts shaving cream yeah. out of it, and then he puts it on a piece of pie, and then he licks his hand. Yeah. Like, shaving cream's good to eat. <laughs> It is good to eat. You've never tried it? No! I don't think he licks his hand. He does. He puts it in his mouth. And I, Because I always thought, it's shaving cream. Why would you eat it? Like, I know. I don't even know what name he's saying in that scene, so... <laughs> Norton! We got Norton over here! Yeah, I thought that's what he said. Okay, You're thinking of Honeymooners. Norton! No, that's Morton. That's not Norton. But anyways, Mike Norton is helping out Steve McNiven. No, oh, he's not! Steve no. McNiven doesn't need any help. So, so what's this Mike Norton thing? He, it's <laughs> you did not listen to me at all because it's him and Jamie McKelvey doing the art for Young Avengers. Steve, I McNiven's got a cold. Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm You're trying just... to listen as hard as I can. You... I got earphones in and everything. You were not listening. I'm trying. You're just trying. Failing. Yeah, I'm blacking well, out. <laughs> it's okay because there might be some books that you've blacked out on and just haven't read yet. There we go. You're welcome. Thank you for that great segue. But yeah, it was going to bring us into our main topic, which is our stacks of shame. Um, like I said at the beginning, these are the books that we've bought. They've been sitting in a pile on or, Paul's bed or under the bed or on a bookcase. Or you just maybe haven't bought it yet, but you've always meant to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out of uh, our discussion last week with uh, Chris never oh, reading the Mystique right. series yeah, th- from uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. So... Uh, but do we, do we have a little reading segment though? No, we can, well, why don't we do it when we do the next beer? Oh, okay. So we can but, do, um, maybe do one run r- round. Okay. And, and then, then the next round? And then next round. Yeah. So, okay. But, um, the book that always comes to mind for me, uh, for my stack of shame is a book that I read the first trade of, really enjoyed, and then never got around to picking up any of the other trades, and it's been out for years, and it's actually gotten books published, and that's Queen and Country. By Greg yeah. Rucka, it's um just a co- really cool espionage series, um, and it's like everything that I would w- if I was going to write a comic book. Like that's the kind of comic book I would want to write. These really gr- people that are really good at what they do, but still struggling at doing it because because it's espionage because it's hard work. It's things will go wrong in the field, and it's. Like the first story is her being marked uh, while uh, having an assassin, while she's uh, attempting an assassination, and her getting uh, shot and having to leave the field and trying to hide out from uh, pe- people that are chasing her because she just fired shots at a uh, dictator slash president for uh, Queen and Country for for, yeah. for uh, MI five yeah because MI six is home. And MI-13 deals with vampires on the moon. Yes. Uh, you know, this is a book, too. Um, you know what? I didn't even think about it. But, yeah, this is actually a series I've I've seen around. I think I had, I got, like, an issue mm-hmm. one time, like, free comic book day just thrown in my bag because they were getting rid of books. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's a series that I've I've never read either. I've never even read the first volume. Yeah, I've... Always wanted to check it out, but I haven't. And it's one of those things I don't remember it until I see it somewhere. I'm like, oh yeah, 
I love everything else I read by Greg Rucka. I can let you guys borrow the first trade. No, because I have other stuff I still need to read. <laughs> I also picked up a couple of the declassifieds, which aren't like in uh, the. I think her the main character's name is Tara Chase, but I, I probably I don't know. I've, I've never read it <laughs> because I haven't read it in the first trade in years, and that's why it's part of my stack of shame. It's you know. No, I think that's a good pick because I honestly forgot about that book. And then as soon as you mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to read that. Never have. Yeah, uh, same here. I think I had one issue. No, you know what? No, that was like uh, Stray Bullets that I had. Stray it. Bullets was okay. I didn't. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never uh, yeah, never read it. It always seemed interesting, seemed cool. Just like my pick uh, for my stack of shame is actually um, Dave Sims' uh, Serbius. Always something I've always wanted to check out. Always seemed like it would be right up my alley for books. Yeah. And I've never gotten around to it. People dig it. I, I bought the first collection. It's not that good. No? Eh. Yeah, it's Cerebus. Cerebus. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. It's yeah. a pig, right? Aardvark. Aardvark. He's an aardvark? Yeah. He looks like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it is something that I've always always seen around and always seemed like I I should be I should have read it. Mm-hmm. I I have the first trade I think unless I threw it out like I could not read it. It's like looking at it like any of the promotional stuff because you've seen them seen it a lot on uh well Cerebus or Cerebus however you want to pronounce it on like promotion promotional posters and stuff or you know like that those kind of things. Like, I've seen him around. And he seems so of the time, like that mid to late 80s, early 90s kind of, like, backlash counterculture that it would seem like it would be missing something if I were to try to read it now. And that's what yeah. kept me away from that series. Like, I I bought that first trade because it was one of those things where I was like, hey, you know what, I love comic books. This is yeah one of those things. Dave Sims is a comic book legend, you know. He's known for doing this book. This was his life's work. He did the entire thing himself. Over 300 issues, all self-published. The, the guy lived for this. Yeah. I, I should read this. And I just, I tried. And that's why I picked it. Because of those same things that Chris has mentioned. Yeah. But that doesn't scare you away. Like, maybe it would be of its time and maybe it would be a little hard to read now or... Um, cause you might be no, because something. there's some of those older kind of indie books that I do, Still I do really like, and, uh, it's something that I, you know, Chris tried and he has his opinion about it mm-hmm. and I should have my own cause I could yeah, yeah. really like it. We all, there's some things we all really love and there's some things yeah. that one person likes and the other person doesn't. So no, not true. I was yeah. just wondering what kept you away. Is it just because you just, just never getting around to it? Okay. I really don't think you would like it. <laughs> like not, nothing against people that do. It's it's very dense and definitely of the time. It's depressing. I think that's what keeps me away from the Dark Knight Returns. It it does feel like so of its time. Like that is obviously Ronald Reagan as president there, and it just. A little bit, you know, with all the talking head stuff, it's going back to the television it's talking all, heads. It's, it's all very Frank Miller, too, yeah. which, 
as much as I like the my first maybe three books of Sin City, I I can't even go back to those now just because of how batshit crazy the guy is. It, it's one of those things that gets tainted kind of my view of him. No, I'd I, I'd agree about like Frank Miller like that, mm. but yeah, there's I, a lot of like. Frank Miller's that stuff where you read when you're younger, before you've read a lot of comic books, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, Frank Miller. And then as you grow as a comic book reader, you're kind of like, oh, Frank Miller. And uh, Yeah. I don't even think I made, I made maybe two or three um, Sin Cities, mm-hmm. and then was kind of like, yeah, I, don't, I appreciate them, but I don't need to go back and read any more. I still feel bad that I've never read any of his... Wolverine or Daredevil runs. Because those are, like, the things that people probably most remember for him for the mainstream stuff. Yeah. You know, I've read his Batman stuff. You know, Year One and Dark Knight Returns and what, what was the second, what was the one after that? Strikes. Yeah, Dark Knight Strikes. Strikes. Yeah. Which was bad. I didn't like that one at all. Yeah, I don't own that one. I do. Do I though? I don't know. I think you do. I think I only read, like, half. I think I do. No. Yeah. Reflecting on it, I, I think I still have it on my bookshelf with the rest of my Batman books. Um, something that's not on my bookshelf though, because it's I've got two trades of it next to my bed because I bought them because I wanted to read it. And I just never have. It's actually a Vertigo series. It's a uh, I Zombie written by Chris Robeson and art by Mike Allred. Um, it's a story of a girl who's a zombie and once a month needs to eat a human brain in order to keep her sanity, keep her head about her. And not go crazy and lose who she is. But when she eats the brain, she also... Bless you, Paul. Thank you. I have a cold. I'm sorry. I mean, it's okay. To say it on I, I'm I, trying to sneeze off mic so nobody yeah, knows that's I sneeze. Okay. But it's, yeah, but it's polite. It's, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid polite of losing my, uh, my soul while I sneeze. Yeah, it's one of those things I really don't care about. it. Like, if someone doesn't say it to me, whatever. But it's more one of those things that people expect you to say it, so I do. Uh... Yeah, you go, you go blow your nose. I'm gonna talk about iZombie a little bit more. Um, where when she actually eats someone's brain, she absorbs part of their memories and they become a part of her. Uh, really cool idea. The first issue is one of those dollar issues that Vertigo does. I picked it up, enjoyed it, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy this in trade. And then I did. And I never read them. Uh, yeah, I, I love Mike Allred's art and something that he attaches himself to is something that for the most part, is something to check out. And, uh, yeah, this is a book, too, that I've always kind of wanted to get into, but just never got around to it. It's one of those things that you, when you're like, oh, what should I get? It doesn't pop into your mind. And yeah. something you might just, like, glance by. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a book I would want to check out. And I, I feel bad because they've just been sitting there, and it's like, eh, I've got these three, but then... I get more trades that I've actually been really looking forward to. Um, what kind of the first thing that popped in my head when we were talking about doing this is I had three fables books to read that had been sitting there. It was the, uh, newest, uh, fables collection, the first collection for Ferris and then the big B wolf hardcover that came out. I love fables. I just didn't get around to reading them. And then, probably about a week and a half ago now, I had four days off in a row and I sat down and I just read all three of those books and I was like, why did I put this off? 
Same thing, I think, and I don't, I don't know, I don't want to take your next choice, but uh, you said the same thing about Unwritten. That, that is actually my next choice. <laughs> Peak. Peak. Well, I guess we'll, uh, yeah, why did... we'll kind of go into it. Um, I, I love that book. They actually have a crossover coming up with Fables sometime this year, and hey, that's great. Something I'm really looking forward to, but I've got three trades for Unwritten now that they're sitting there, and I know as soon as I read them, I'm going to love it. But I want to go back and read the first three first, so I can get back into the the get spirit and the, the mind series. frame of it. Uh, yeah, this that's a series that I I love too, and it was one of those things that you're like, oh yeah, I'm grabbing the I'm grabbing the trade to just let me know when you want to borrow it. I never think about it. I never go, oh yeah, I should get that from uh, from Chris because I'm in the same way too, where I'm like. I really probably should go back and reread these because it is such a interesting thing that you want to get back into where you are with those characters. Yeah. Is that is that your pick as well? No. Okay. Well, uh but I you know what I do want to pick the next beer? black IPA. Yeah. Cuz it will be delicious and great. Yes. <laughs> How can we not love this beer? Uh this is probably my favorite black IPA. This is fantastic, and I'm glad we still have it. And this is something that we had um, last year when we were going to the Boston Comic Book Convention. Uh, we took a trip out to Ithaca uh, Brewing Company, and they had this on tap, and we all bought bottles. And I think we what didn't we like we were like oh I got to share this with so and so and so and so and then we didn't want to uh-huh. but we had already let them know that we had this bottle so it's not like you can like oh no it it broke, broke in the way. car or something um, because you don't want to share it and just recently we've been able to find it at um, one of the local beer stores and every time I go there I buy a bottle of it mm-hmm. and we've had we had a strong selection in. Uh, our uh, beer cellaring room <laughs> of what we had, like, what, a total of five bottles there at one yeah, time? Yeah, now we're down to this. Well, you left. haven't said which one this is yet. I, well, is this Paul? It's, this is uh, <laughs> Ithaca Brewing Company's 14th Anniversary Ale, and it's their Hoppy Black Ale. And, uh, yeah, we, we did have five, and now we're down to, after opening this bottle, two. Jeez. Two well, more bottles. We had a drink. We drank one last, last week after yeah, the show. Yeah, we just drank it. Uh-huh. It's it's fantastic. It's got everything you look for in a black IPA. It's fantastic. It's got nice smoky up top, but it's hoppy all the way through, and it's not overpowering with that hoppiness. And it it's, is the right balance. It's just pleasant and refreshing, and uh, it just... I never want it to go away. I know. Like, you can still find their, like, 13 everywhere, and That's I just... That's because it's not good. It's, it's not very good. And uh, they're 12, and I just hope that they're still brewing this, because this is something that Ithaca should always have. I'm glad we've been able to find this still. Uh, when we went to Rochester for a concert a couple weeks ago, we stopped at tap like and a, mallet. a bar restaurant, and they had it on tap there, so we got glasses of that. And it's just it's fantastic. I never want this to go away. We got two glasses of it. Yeah. We got the order the first one, and when we finished it, we are like, do we still have a little bit of time? Can we get another one? And we did. But yeah, it's any anytime we can find this, we're buying it or drinking it. I give this one a nine point five. 
because there's always room for improvement. Wow. Don't want to be your student in any class. <laughs> I, I cannot give any beer a perfect 10 except for Ithaca Flower Power. <laughs> because as much as I love this, I would probably take Flower Power over. If I went somewhere right, and they had both of them available, Flower Power, man, it just speaks to me. But yeah. I, I give this a 10 because this is my benchmark for all black IPAs. It's, this is, this is a measuring stick. It's a high watermark. It is a high watermark. You have to do as well as this or do something different. You have to be, either come out really smoky and hoppy or do something different, like do a black rye IPA, like the Wookiee Jack to score well with me. And so this is a perfect 10 for the black IPAs. Uh, I think this, I think I would give it a perfect 10 as well, just because like Paul said, it is, it's the perfect combination of these, the, you know, the, having the dark smoky and the hops. And you get everything so well balanced and just about perfect in here. And nothing else I've had, there's stuff I've liked, but compares to this. And I would buy this whenever I can find it. And I, and I do. And I can't wait until our all-beer episode. <laughs> Coming in April. Coming in April. Yeah, our beer draft. Our beer draft. Yeah, that's right. To try to coincide with the NFL draft. Oh, we love drafting. <laughs> I we love al- drafting, too. We also, we also like reading comic books. What? How did you find Night Force? <laughs> where was that? I organized this room, and I don't know where that was. Didn't try hard enough, Paul. Uh, I just wanted to get through and you get all things stringed up. never know where it's going to be. Nope. We still hide Night Force. We still hide weekly. Night Force. It is basically our bros icing bros. Pretty much, except, it's, bros- except, except it's worse because is, it's Night Force. Is bros icing bros still a thing? No. In fact, you realize that the scavenger hunt that we were going to have maybe for that Harry Potter party was a huge... Uh, Bros icing bros, I was gonna buy a can of like Mike's hard lemonade or Mike's, you know, harder fruit punch, mm-hmm. and that was gonna be Snape's last potion. Wow. And really, then, then they would have really had to drop the it. ball. I know. For that scavenger <laughs> hunt. It would have all led to that. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible payoff. <laughs> or an awesome hilarious he payoff. Asked his last potion. <laughs> and now a dramatic reading of Night Force. Number one, page nine, panel three. What is it with people these days? And that was a dramatic reading of <laughs> Night Force. Number one. We should really pick up some more Night Forces, guys. <laughs> I actually have. I've been hiding them throughout Paul's house. <laughs> Paul, you have the whole series in here. Somewhere. Somewhere. There's always more night forests in the in the banana stand. <laughs> um, so we, I think, can you um, add up the top three black IPAs there, Paul, that we voted on? Okay, uh, individually, my top three was Ithaca's Fourteenth. Then it was Southern Tier or uh, Wookie Jack. Yeah. And then it was Southern Tier Iniquity. For you, John, it was Ithaca Fourteenth Anniversary. Then Stone Sublimely Self-Righteous. No, no, Wookie Jack was second. And then uh, Stone Sublimely Self-Righteous. For you, Chris, it was Ithaca 
14th anniversary number one. It looks like Wookie Jack was Wookie two. Jack and then the Toxic Sludge, I think. And then, uh, no. No. Yes, 7.7 was the next top score he had, and that was Blue Point Toxic Sludge. Uh, so just looking at these figures roughly, we got the top of I, yeah. Ithaca number one, of 14th. It was number one for us all across the board. Wookie Jack was obviously number two, and it'll take some mathematics going on. Well, for- I mean, well, it's sublimely. Toxic Sludge and Iniquity. Yeah, those are the ones that are kind of neck and neck. Because uh, Sunter Iniquity had 21.5 points all across the board. Iniquity had 20 point, nope, 21 even. And Toxic Sludge, 613, 13 plus 8 is 21.5. So Southern Tier and Blue Point Toxic Sludge are tied for hmm. third. With Stone and uh, Solid choices, though. Fifth. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed all of those. So if you're in the mood for a black IPA, find one of those three. Yep. They get the bagging board stamp of approval. Well, find those four because there was oh, a tie yeah, for third. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, throw in the top five for third. And Sublime, you said what was 21? The other ones were 21.5. Yeah, that's close. 21.5 so. versus uh, 20 even for uh, Stone Sublime, like, because I gave it a 5.5. Still, still close. Yep. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, that'll be good. And uh, I like actually taking down our scores because that helps with. We could probably post these scores up on Facebook, like our our overall. Like we'll add all the scores together and give it uh, just the Bagnum Board uh, scoring, which yeah. point fives and all that jazz. And um, for our uh, our next month, we're going to be starting uh, Irish Reds and Irish Stouts. Oh boy. I bought a whole bunch of Guinness recently. <laughs> and Guinness is delicious. It is delicious, but man, I hope there's, oh, excuse me, better Irish stouts than just Guinness out there. I think so. Probably not some as, as creamy. Mm-hmm. But yes. Number two choice, uh, is gonna be Astro City by, uh, Kurt Buzek and Brent Anderson. This is a book that I'd always see on the shelves, and I never got into it. There was always buzz about it. Um, and this follows different superheroes in Astro City, and more follows their kind of more of their real lives, what they're like. Some of them might play the hero but aren't actually good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and more kind of the person than the symbol. And uh, it's always something that I've always thought about trying to check out, but never, ever got around to it. Uh, Astro City is pretty good. It's not like an ongoing series. It's they have mini series, one shots, like spinoff books. It I haven't read a lot, but the ones that I have read, I've really enjoyed. It's very well written. Um, Kirby Usagi probably most known for his uh, Marvel Avengers work, like during the nineties. Mm-hmm. He also did a. He did the, uh, what, the one year later Superman books. Or one of the one year later Superman books coming out of, uh, right? Is that? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't read know. Superman. Okay. I, not, not that I didn't read Superman. I still don't, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know what? But one year later, which came out of which, which event? Infinite Crisis. DC? Infinite Crisis. I'm pretty sure Creep or Sick was on that. Think hmm. Superman, not Action Comics. I'm going to look that up while Johnny talk about Astro City. 
Are you done? <laughs> I, I'm kind of but, done. Like, I've never like, read the like series. Like you said before, Paul, we haven't read any of these books, so it's going really quick. We have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knew? Who knew we would be so so quick on this stuff? You know, I'll throw my uh, uh, a third book that I have on here, and that's um, Mouse. Really? You've never read Mouse? With, yeah, uh, by Art uh, Spangleman? Art Spiegelman. Spiegelman. Oh, Thank it was, you. It was uh, Jeff Johns and Kirk Busick working together on uh, Superman, and they called it uh, Up, Up, and Away, out of one year later. Nice. Mouse is really good. I, uh, read, I read that in, like, fifth grade, sixth grade, I think. It's one of those ones that I've always wanted to have, again, always wanted to have read, Never, just never got around to... Buying it to read. It's. I think it is something that you should read, just because it deals with something so heavy, but in such a light way. It, it, it is a powerful book. I mean, it's it's a Holocaust analog. Yeah, right? yeah. It felt and that's that's why I've always store steer clear from it because I've not to sound harsh or anything, but I feel like I've read and heard that story like so often. But it's different like, when it's one person's it's really actual experience yeah. through it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, th- those are the things that are different. It's not just somebody going, "Hey, this is what's ha- you know what's happening mm-hmm. during this time." Here's my story about it. But this is actually this man's story told through it and done with mice and cats. Yeah, his it was actually his father. Like telling him the story of like surviving. It's it's really good though. I can understand the you know the wanting to, but man, I just I hate the Holocaust. That's all I can say. I really do. Live in your fantasy I- world where nothing <laughs> bad ever happens. Why you don't want to go see uh kick ass is because it's too gritty. It's too real. People don't help each other it's in that movie. It's too real. <laughs> People don't help each other. People do help each other. People people help in the Holocaust. We call it America. <laughs> <laughs> Only after we like sat around for the first three years. Well, yeah, because we're America. <laughs> You know, we're lazy. It took us a while to We're the lumber. best when we get around to doing it, Paul. <laughs> it took us a while to lumber off the couch and actually get <laughs> and that's what it. this podcast episode is all about. We're best at reading comic books when we get around <laughs> to it. <laughs> there's, there's so many. We, we just haven't done it yet. <laughs> so yours was, uh, your pick was Up, Up, and Away? No, no, no. Oh. I was just letting you know what Kurt Busiek wrote for DC. Out of when... No, I know. <laughs> Mine is uh, Vertigo series, which I bought... Uh, I heard really good things about it uh, when it was coming out, and when uh, the 12 issues finished up, uh, I was trying to place an order for the trade when it was coming out, because it's Vertigo, so as soon as it's done pr- uh, printing 12 issues, you know there's a trade coming out. And my local comic book shop guy said, uh, I got all 12 issues, you can just buy those instead, and I'll charge you the same price as a trade. I'm like, done and done. And then I never read them. And then so. we were supposed to do them for a trade and policy. And Paul never read them. Right, but we came up with other books instead. Yeah, we read something else. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, we but... keep on coming up with other books to read instead of... <laughs> because we always have something else to read, so it was like, ah, I can read this later. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, the Vertigo series Day Tripper, 
and talking about grim and gritty. This is emotional tales of uh, one man's last day. It's always deals with the same thing. It's a different person, but they always kind of seem very, vaguely similar, uh, uh, similar. Uh, and so written and done by, well, it's, it's done by Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. Um, and, uh, this first issue deals with an obituary writer who, uh, finds himself, uh, at the end of the day, uh, dying in a way that he did not expect. And this is something at, Actually, after reading Umbrella Academy by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba, that I want to read because I really like how Ba did his artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different from most of the other stuff that I read. I mean, you probably know this from listening to the podcast, but read a lot of superhero comic books. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely something a little bit different. And I think everything that we've really talked about for the books that we have on our stack of shame it is different. Even John's, yeah, Astro City is a superhero comic book, but it's more dealing with the people than the superheroics. Well, the thing which draws me to this is it's that like very personal story that's being told uh, here, and that's what draws me to stuff like uh, Blankets. And say like Demo. Demo or um, Essex County. It's, it's uh, I Kill Giants. It's that kind of stuff that I do really tend to enjoy quite a bit. But it's that, well, it's not going to be as fun as reading Batman beating up on the Joker, so I put it away, you know, put it to the side. But then when I do sit down and read them, these series tend to be some of my favorites, like, of all time. Mouse! Mouse! Yeah, but it's the Holocaust, and I'm against the Holocaust, Chris. I don't know why. I close my eyes, (laughs) and I I clench my jaw, and I pretend it never happened. Well, can can I pick a third one, too, then? Did I? No, I've just picked well, two. Well, John picked three. Okay, then I was go filling ahead. time. I know, because, and then and then in the middle of my filling time, Paul just yelled out the answer because uh, because I do have another one, and I've read the first uh, trade or more of a digest of it. Wait, what did they really yell out the answer? <laughs> I was talking. I was talking, and then you're like, up, up and away, up, up and away, and I'm like, oh. Um, this is one I'm actually ashamed that I haven't read more of because I really enjoyed the first. Digest size trade. I really enjoyed the movie. It's on my list. I want to read it eventually. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I have the first book. Just I have not gotten any of the other ones. When I went into the comic book shop the one week, Don had the collected Scott Pilgrim, oh, like the box set, uh-huh. and it was like eighty bucks. And I was like, "That's a lot of money." I already have the first one, but just looking at it all right there, I was like. I want these. I mm-hmm. I will read them if I have them. But I just like that's a lot of money to drop all at once. Yeah. And I didn't do it. And it's not something that I'm going to just go and buy because I have so many other single issues that I pick up each week. Trades that I follow and have coming to me, like from all like Fables, Invincible. Like I those are the main trades that I get. And when they come, they they pile up. I've got three unwritten trades. Got my high zombie trade. Like, yeah. I have a couple other books that I have the last Northlanders one just came out make a week or two ago. Still have to read that. I can't. I can't justify starting to buy something else, mm-hmm. even though I kind of already have with the first one. With Scott Pilgrim, when I read the first trade before the movie, you know, was kind of announced or was coming out, 
I was like, oh, this kid is just too whiny for me. I just don't <laughs> want, I don't like this guy. But then I went to see the movie because it was Edgar Wright and, you know, um, Mike. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. I was going to call him, uh, what, what's his name in the restaurant? George Michael. George, George Michael. Uh, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's a decent movie. And then, like, for whatever reason, that character worked for me in the movie a lot more so than in the book. And there's he's, no difference. I think that's just Michael Sarah's likability yeah. factor. Because yeah. he is, when I say he, I mean Scott, not Michael Sarah. Uh-huh. He's just so self-involved. Yeah. That That's kind of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked it, and I just need to do more. I've never read it. Really? Yeah. Well, we both had the first book. You could borrow it from either one of us. <laughs> we have other things I want to read right now. Yeah. I understand that. You got Mouse. You got Astro City. <laughs> You have uh, Cerberus, which is a lot of issues. Yeah. 300 issues. 300. 1,600 pages, I believe, the whole thing works out. Oh. No. It's more than that, like 16,000, I think. I have no idea how many pages it was. That's, I, I don't know. Either. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. But Paul, do you have another one? Or uh, Let's just look since, over to my stack of change. I... Oh, you know who I love as a comic book writer? Hmm. Paul Dini. Yeah. You know what you let me borrow forever ago? Santana Practical Magic. <laughs> I forgot. I, do you still have that? Yeah, it's right there. My it's stack of really shame. short. I know. But it's it got buried in my stack of shame. I like, like, in the we took the break to go open the next bottle, and Paul's sitting there staring at his stack of shame going, I only picked one book. I don't know what else I should pick. And he's staring at it. There he is literally stack. a stack on Paul's shelf. <laughs> I know. And, and he's kind of like, I don't want to read any of those. I'm going to suggest Day Tripper. <laughs> I actually buy these books in hopes that I will read them, and then then I don't. And uh, then I have a hard time like actually finding the time to read them. Because so, there's so much to read for the podcast. Paul, the, you, that Dr. Horrible. It's a sliver of a book. That, I gave you that Dr. Horrible book, like, back in May. Yeah, I, I forgot you had that, too. Yeah. This, this is seriously like 30 pages. It's, it's, yeah, a little bit longer than a regular issue. Yeah. It's a stack of and shame. It's, I understand. It's, I should feel shame. It's Paul Dini writing about Zatanna and, uh, magic. John Constantine makes an appearance. It's definitely a more adult Zatanna than what you get in the Batman animated mm-hmm. series. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Back when Zatanna was coming out before the. I, I think this is a Vertigo book. It is a actually. Vertigo book. Yeah. Cover is very Vertigo too. Yeah, Brian Boland painted cover, but yeah, it was good. I like it. You should read that. I I yes, I want to sometime. Put that, put that on top soon. of the stack. But uh, <laughs> on top of Day Tripper, which is actually on the top of your stack, because <laughs> it's single issues. But um, yeah, and I'm sure there's books that you, with the listeners, uh, probably would suggest us to read too. Or maybe you have books that you wanted to read and you never got around to it, or you've heard things about it, and maybe we've read them and we can tell you whether or not it's worth the read. Uh, so. Please reach out to us, contact at bagnaboardcast.com. Uh, remember, episode 169 will be an all-listener event. All-listener three-way. Yes. 
All painter three way. Naked ro- naked painters. Naked robbers. Naked robbers. Naked robbers. <laughs> hey, you can also let us know what's on your stack of shame on the Facebook. We put up a post for every episode what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be drinking. Feel free to comment below. And uh, let us know about a black IPA that's out in your way that uh, you think deserves us to check out or try to find. And let us know if you've had the ones that are our top four. And um, let us know what you think about those. Top five. Top five. Yeah, top five. Yeah, there was the, a tie for three. The, right. One, two, three, four. Right. And then I listed the fifth just because. Yeah, but the fifth, the fifth does, it didn't, it didn't so cut the mustard. Iniquity doesn't cut the mustard for shame. No. You're an idiot, Paul. You have, go, go you have Ithaca. Right. Is our number one, the 14. Right. Uh huh. Number two, Wookie Jack. Right. A tie for three. Right. With, uh, Toxic Sludge and the Iniquity. No. Stone Sublime. Stone Sublime got number, number three. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was the Black Ale. Iniquity. Yeah, you said Southern Tier and Loop. Those were both 21.5. Okay, right. 21.5 is. And so. And Stone Sublime League is it, fifth. It did. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't count it. So Stone Sublime. No, it would have been fourth. Stone, yeah. Stone We're talking our top cut. three. All right. Well, why wouldn't we just make a top five? Just because there's a if there's a tie for third, let's make it nice and clean and have a top five. No, how's five cleaner than four? And there's it's, just... a, it's a tie for three, right? So then we'd have six this month if we're gonna do five, because third place is set with two of them yes. winning third, and then we would do a fourth bottle, which no. would have been. St- place. St- stone, and then another one. No. Well, which one's going to be third and which one's going to be fourth? They're tied for they're third. Tied. Yeah. And so they're you... in the third place. And then you go right down to fifth. Yeah. There is no fourth place. I don't like that. That's how well, it works, That's though. how it works. That's not how we should well, do it. Well, you're an idiot. You're an idiot! It's <laughs> <laughs> no higher number than 24. <laughs> 24, that's it. <laughs> uh... Banter. There That's are what 24 we have. Four stars in the solar system. <laughs> All I'm saying. All I'm saying. <laughs> it's Mr. Showskit. Strangely enough, there was only 24 stars that we used uh, during their Harry Potter party. Because it's the highest number. It's the highest number. There's no more than that. <laughs> well, how much did you give him? I uh, gave him 28 and I tipped him 5. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 33. Hey, what about 34? <laughs> Any more you kamooks? Add one number to another number, I'm gonna shoot you. That's, that's the episode. We're rambling on <laughs> Mr. Show references. That's it, everybody.